Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. All right. Welcome to another episode, Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. And today I've got an interview with uh, none other than Dr. Jeff Langmay. This isn't the, the first time he's been on this uh, podcast. And today we actually dive really deep into three key aspects of email marketing. And there's just a lot of good information that he brought to this episode. I, I really hope you enjoy it. One of the things we talk about is that we just don't think a lot of chiropractors are doing email. We we really can't stress it enough. It, it's not as hard as you think it is. It's not as intrusive as you may think it is. It's super rewarding. Even if your open rates start to go down and things of that nature, there's going to be a few roadblocks that are maybe preventing you from doing it, but you can do it. It's not that hard and it's going to be one of the most rewarding aspects of marketing you can do uh, for your practice. So we dive into that. Uh, before we do, I want to make mention of a, something I'm really excited about. You know, we had the CSA retreat in Portland back in June. Uh, we are doing another one. Uh, we're going to do a couple a year. This next one's going to be in Palm Beach. I have none of the information set up on any type of place to sign up. All I want you to do right now is to mark off your calendar for December 14th and 15th. You can get in on a Friday, which is the 13th if you'd like, but put that on your calendar. It's the CSA Retreat Palm Beach, and we've got the venue picked out. We've got some of the retreat aspect of things, and we've got the speakers. We've got John Morrison and Jeff Langmade, your 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 uh, episode uh, guest today, and so they're going to be joining Bobby Maybe and myself, so it'll be the four of us providing you with a ton of information, but we're also going to have a lot of fun. So just for right now, put it on your calendar. Over the next month or so, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll give you the information that you can actually register, but sign up for that. Whether you're a CSA member or not, there will be a discount for CSA members, but it's going to be CSA Retreat Palm Beach, again, December 14th and 15th, and I'd love to see you there. The next thing I want to see you at, you better be at, is the uh, Forward 2019 Rise Up. We'll be at my alma mater, Logan. University in St. Louis, and and I'll be speaking there again with John Morrison. So him and I, him and I are actually speaking in New Jersey in October again. It's, it's like we're attached to the hip now, which, which I don't mind. We we uh, we mesh well. We work together well. We've been doing a lot of stuff together, and it's always enjoyable. But Forward 2019, that's going to be at ForwardThinkingCairo.com. You can register there. That'll be September 20th through the 22nd. I will be there. Hopefully. You can run into me. We can chat. I'd love to hear what you got going on. If you got any questions, I'm going to be available. So make sure you join that. It's going to be a great, great show. Uh, tons of you know, great cook and other amazing speakers are going to be there. So, so join us there. So again, CSA Retreat Palm Beach in December. We got the Forward Thinking Cairo group is putting on again. This is the second time they've done it. Last year was an amazing success in KC. This year is St. Louis in September. So I hope to see you at both of those events. All right. Without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Jeff Langmaid. All right. Welcome, Jeff. I appreciate your time again. You've, you've been on the show before. You've been on a, the other podcast I used to have, the, the Modern Desk Jockey. We've obviously uh, spoken at the same places, hung out for dinners, and, and recently I was at your, your live event. Such, uh, but just uh, 
I want to thank you for getting on the show again. I know your time's uh, valuable and, and you're busy. You just came from California. So thanks for joining us. You got it. Happy to be here. Always happy to chat and connect. Yeah, definitely. So what's new in your world? Good question. So yeah, I just flew back from California. I was at, out there actually visiting a Titleist Performance Institute in SoCal. So I was down there with Greg Rose. I gave a tour to the facility, a mutual friend of ours, Josh, Josh Satterley. We were out there hanging out, learning about what they're up to at TPI. Then I hopped up to uh, Northern California to talk a little smart chiropractor with my business partner out there and got some exciting things, you know, as far as that product is concerned, really helped docs, you know, market their practice ultimately. So a lot of good stuff, a little bit of learning, a little bit of uh, strategy and business, just uh, and a little bit of fun mixed in. So good uh, trip overall. I didn't know you were a golf guy. I am not. <laughs> That's a good question. I am <laughs> the worst golfer. Like, like Charles Barkley, he is like Tiger Woods compared to what I can do. Like I am the worst golfer ever. But I'm really interested in what they're up to because they also have spun off uh, on base U in the baseball world and racket fit in the tennis world. And it's kind of all under the same umbrella of how they utilize their systems and processes and educational programs. And I just respect what they've done. So while I am the opposite of a golf guy, it doesn't mean that I don't respect those who are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually certified through TPI all the way through the medical track and, and been heavily involved in it. And it was something for me early on, actually I started doing that when I started following Greg Rose when he was at advantage golf in Maryland. And then he did TPI and I started going to that. It's just been, for me, it was huge. I, I've done a lot with golfers and, and that was the, the real uh, baseline for me, the, the knowledge, great stuff. Yeah, there's, there's so much opportunity. And that's really what precipitated it as well. Not only do I respect what they've done in terms of education, mm -hmm. but the opportunities that are presented to chiropractors in what I'll call the sports world and in the way that they're doing it are super interesting to me. So anytime I get to, and it's outside of my typical world. So yeah. any exposure to that is all good for, as far as I'm concerned. It is a lot of learning because I definitely don't know it all when I step into that arena. Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting too from like a practice building standpoint you know we i think sometimes we run into these scenarios where these docs get all these certifications and they want to put all these letters behind their names and all that and i and i get it you're it's not about for some people it's about the letters behind the name but for others it's just trying to learn and really become the best provider that you can and if you're going to try to position yourself in the community as as something right like i know a lot of people have asked me how did i get where i did with golfers and i tell them it's really for me it was the combination of a couple certifications. One was active release technique, definitely helped me out. But two was TPI and kind of marrying those two things together positioned me in a way at a time, this is back in 06, 07, to where I was a unique combination of TPI and ART. There's probably a lot more of us around now, but it got me opportunities uh, that I may not have had with, without that um, combination of training and knowledge, but also, yeah, the letters behind the name or at least uh, people finding me on the TPI site and things like that. Yeah, you bring up a great point because I think it's really about the practical application. It's, you know, I, I jokingly, uh, and, and I'll full, I'll, you know, full take the behind the emperor's clothes here. I don't have any additional letters after my name, so easy for me to say, but it's like, I'll look at some docs, you know, websites and there's letters and I'm like, if I don't know what the damn letters mean, there is that a 0% chance. So all it looks like is you're kind of, it's not shining you in a great light. Let's put it that way. If I, as a, as a practicing doc, I like to think I have my finger on the pulse, don't even know what some of this stuff means. It's outrageous. But I think that you brought up some very interesting things with ART. And I think TPI is doing a great job as well. 
is that it's the practical application of it. And it's what are those like ART, for instance, I'm not ART certified, but I've seen them do a very good job marketing that brand where if you have 17 diplomates through subset organizations that nobody's ever heard of, Okay, if you just love the knowledge, awesome, all for it, be the best provider, be the best practitioner you can be, that is great. But if you think that's going to turn into marketing, you need to explore that before the education process, not try to do it afterward. Because some of these organizations are 20 times farther along in their brand identity than others. And it's not always about how expensive it is. And it's not always about, it's actually quite inversely many times how many hours it is. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Absolutely. And you said there's some heavy hitters out there. I remember funny story with the ART being certified. I was probably one of three in South Florida back in 05, 06, 07. And I was getting a lot of people that would travel. Uh, and then I remember Tim Ferriss had, he released his four hour body and he talked about ART in the book, which was huge. And I remember getting these patients referred to us. They would find us on the ART provider site because it was on the book. And I was like, this is great, you know? So ARTs had a lot of weight. Obviously, TPI, there's a few others. I think Graston does an okay job. Like, I get some. I mean, it might be like three or four a year, but not a lot. And then there's other ones like, you know, I was one of the dumbasses that got certified in uh, kinesio taping <laughs> back in like, I think it was 2007, I got certified. And then it was like a month later, you started finding all the tape in the running stores and, and Target and all this is like, oh, so I guess anybody could do the taping. Uh, <laughs> so, but like, I never got a referral from kinesio tape on it, but taping has been really good for my clinical outcomes. So you're going to get some things that are going to help you out clinical outcome wise only, and then some that are going to help you out clinical outcome, but also potentially referrals and word of mouth. So yeah, it's, you know, yeah. know yeah, what both, you're getting both are cool. I think it's just a matter of being exactly as you said, kind of open and probably doing more investigation where letters don't equal patients, mm -hmm. but there are some that can help that along a heck of a lot more than others. So it depends on, I think it also depends upon what kind of doc you are and where you are in your practice. If you're really trying to grow actively and you feel great clinically, well, you know, you probably spend that time and energy elsewhere, but if you're really, you know, educationally hungry, so to speak, and looking to get into a network of specific people, sometimes those couple letters can make a world of difference in terms of access. So I think it's just about probably many docs, I think, probably just being a little more clearer upfront at what their goals are. And then you can probably make better, I assume you can make better decisions. And what I've witnessed is that you can make better decisions on how you execute it. Well, you mentioned something too, real quick. You said network. And I think that's another thing that happens is the network effect of, so for me, when I got through that early stages of TPI and got really involved in TPI, I got to the point where uh, some of the other high level TPI guys that were, whether they were fitness or golf pros or other doctors, they knew who I was and they knew I was in South Florida. And so those people became a referral network for me. And that's how I even, I, for in 2011, I actually traveled on the PGA tour with some golfers and I never would have got that without the TPI. And it wasn't even necessarily the letters by my name. It was the network I had built of TPI providers. And one of those providers reached out to me. And so that's sometimes you can get, I know like with motion palpation Institute, I get referrals from other MPI docs and because people are looking for that. And so sometimes you can build a network of like-minded certified folks too. So that's another thing to consider. Yeah. It's, it's like pre-qualifying, right? Like if I was trying to do some sort of sports car practice in golf right now, I probably would have a hard time getting the caddy at the putt putt. 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have like no, you know, I have no experience, no network in it, you know. Yeah. But as you said, when you start to open up, you can take instead of one step, you can take a ten-step jump, right? In yep. other words, instead of having to necessarily to slog through, you can accelerate the pace at which you treat higher end individuals and work with higher end individuals by being able to open up the networks, all relationships. Yeah, absolutely. It is relationships. And speaking of which, I've, I've enjoyed our relationship over the last few years. And I wanted to thank you again for having me over at, at your live event in Tampa. I was there for Sunday. I missed Saturday, but I looked through the outline of stuff that you had and it was just amazing uh, content. And you mentioned earlier, too, is about the smart chiropractor. I want to touch on a topic within that kind of covers what you discussed heavily at your event and also what you're doing with the smart chiropractor. But uh, email, email automation, email patients, it's something that I've always uh, harped on. I, you'll be surprised. I know you, actually, I shouldn't say you. The audience will be surprised with how, many, how few chiropractors are actually emailing their patients. Can we talk about that topic a little bit? Yeah, like nobody is. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot to this, right? So statistically, we know ninety percent of people open their email once a day. Fifty percent open more than ten times a day. So yes, while open rates have dropped, it still is something that is. I mean, just look at what you do. What you know, if you're listening, how many times do you open your email per day? A lot. We all do, right? So it's a great place to be. It's also a great place to reinforce messaging. So what we've seen, we literally look at three, uh, three aspects of email as the most important. Number one is onboarding new patients. When they come in, are you addressing fears and concerns, reiterating your care or treatment plan, you know, just reducing friction, right? So nervous to be in a new doctor and they come in and see you for you know, a half hour and 23 and a half hours each day until the next day they're in, they're left to their own devices. Touch them. They reached out. They want you. They chose you. They came in. Yeah. Onboarding patients in a way that makes people feel comfortable and confident, number one. So I'm happy to dive down any of these, but I'll kind of just say all three. Yeah. Second aspect is long-term drip. So what I mean by that is all the inactive patients. Think about how many patient records you have. If you're a new doc, it might be 100 or 200. Your seasoned doc could have up to thousands of people in their database. And it's like, how often are you touching them? And here's the clincher on that. It's not about saying, fire sale, come in tomorrow every week, or hey, insert scammy title here. It's about being a trusted advisor and staying top of mind. So when the patient that already know, trusts, and likes you is ready to come back in, or they have a question about chiropractic, or they look, you don't have to compete on an ad. You're not competing from scratch. They will remember you because you have reached out and built a relationship consistently throughout time. So patient reactivations is huge. I like to qualify what I mean by that. It's not about being scammy or tricky. It's about being actually what they want, which is a trusted health advisor long-term yep. who is available. And then number three is events and promotions. So many docs out there, you know, they show up either to a place, maybe a race. And it's like, well, I hope people walk by my booth. That's a crappy way to do it. Or it's like you're trying to do something in-house and you can't get people to show up or it's super arduous. Mm. How the heck are you not promoting your events online or offline? through your email list. It's the most valuable asset every chiropractor has potentially besides the building that they own right. and nobody utilizes it. And it's absolutely mind blowing. Well, it's like I, I interviewed uh, Crystal from Progressive Practice Sales and we talked about having uh, a marketing plan and being able to show up to the table if you want to sell your practice. You said you know, being valuable, obviously owning your own uh, building is huge. That's great. But we talked about it. It's like, obviously you got to come to the table with your financials if you're going to sell. But if you also came to the table with this well-outlined marketing strategy that include this well-developed email list of thousands and, and a history of emailing them, 
that's valuable. That's worth something. Yeah. Let me, and I'm going to flip, let me flip that in a different direction. That's yeah. just as relevant. Think about if you're a doc in practice right now, or if you are going to, you're like a new doc or you're just about to graduate. So I'm going to be the doc who owns the practice. Okay. I am going to look for an associate. I own this practice. I'm growing. I'm expanding. I'm looking for an associate. I need to free up a little bit more of my time. Somebody comes in and they're like, I'm a great clinical doc. I can't wait to get started. I cannot wait to move to the area. Cool. And you meet them. You like them. I'm very oversimplifying this. Mm-hmm. Next person walks in. I'm a great clinical doc. I can't wait to move to the area. And I haven't developed an email list of 5,000 people that I communicate with each and every week. And here are the open rates and the click-through rates. And they're waiting to see where I'm going to begin to practice. Who do you want to bring into your, if you're the doc with that list, leverage, (laughs) or you're the doc who's looking to hire an associate, think about the opportunity that you have to build your team through that. So it ultimately, and and then the terminal point is you should darn well be doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go down a couple of those paths that you talked about. Um, you know, the the first one you mentioned. Let's let's t- touch on that a bit for me. Yeah. So onboarding new patients. When somebody comes into the practice, in my opinion, it's exceptionally important those first few visits to stay in good communication. Mm-hmm. And I mean this from a retention standpoint, but not like I'm trying to get to forty PVA standpoint. No, I mean it in terms of those first few visits are when the highest percentage of drop offs happen. And drop-offs typically don't happen because they've completed their plan and they're 100% healed within one to two visits or that they are having a bad result. It's often due to a friction point or a miscommunication. I need to call and reschedule, but I don't know who to call. I, you know, just touching people and letting them know, hey, I'm glad you're here. I am glad you are, you know, a part of our health community. And we are looking to do great things as an intro and then getting people engaged, right? Send them an email a day or two later. Hey, on our Facebook page, we post positive health content all the time. It really helps people out. You know, those tips, the, you know, those tips and strategies will help you get better. It'll, it'll progress you better through what you do in the office. So then you start to build that on, you know, it helps to drive your social channels. And then you're following up by saying, hey, here's a, fr- a few frequently asked questions that many new patients in our practice might have. And just outline them. Just ask your front desk. What do you get? Quest- what are the same questions you get all day, every day? You yeah. should be positively talking about that and then leading into, you know, obviously at the end of the first week, potentially saying, uh, you know, I hope you're having great progress and here's what we expect moving forward. But just touching people, let them know that you're a real person and giving them the opportunity to interact with you, not just in that couple minutes that you're face to face in the office is just so, so huge in a rapport and a trust for, for everything. No, I agree. And, you know, you know, that term curse of knowledge, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's like, where it's feel like sometimes I don't say things because I know, like, oh, I've said this a hundred times, or I assume people know it. But it's that whole thing that I talk about with the before, during, and after units of marketing, and an email onboarding sequence is a phenomenal way for that during unit, that patient experience, as far as getting content out there, which, like you said, is going to increase your your patient retention, uh, and it's just one of the best things you can, you can do for it. And I. I don't see many chiropractors doing it, unfortunately. It's frustrating because they're not doing email in general. And so obviously they're not, a lot of them are doing automation (laughs) (laughs) or or the onboarding sequence of it. So that's something that I I highly recommend as well. 
Yeah. And I understand the technology is challenging. I mean, that's, you know, sort of, I have this slide where it's like, you know, the guy's like hair is like blown out and everything when you like, and I, so I get like that feeling of you might, maybe you have a web or male chimp, constant contact, whatever. They're all, they're all very similar and you open it up and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is like a different language. I have no, yeah. like, I get that. But the but that doesn't negate the fact that the skill of that, if you don't want to have, if you don't have the time and you don't want to learn, great. But yeah. there's plenty of people out there that can help you do that, mm-hmm. or you bring it in house and do it yourself. But it doesn't mean that you ignore it. And you know, being able to reach out to people consistently. Again, these people think about somebody that comes into a chiropractic office. It's mm-hmm. it's less than a majority. It's le- I think it's less than ten percent. I know everybody says fifteen percent utilization. I think it's less than ten in terms of how many people come in. So not many people quite often they're scared and apprehensive. Mm-hmm. And then they're like deer in headlights when they're in the office itself. That's the experience. So, you know, give that experience some lift, let, you know, by touching them outside. The other thing it helps with is so many chiropractors go through staffing issues where yeah. they're churning through new people at their front desk or new marketing people. Now you don't know what's being said at your front desk. You're training people up all the time. You have an email automation for onboarding new patients. That's like the best staff member you ever had in your life because you control it. You do it one time. And even if the things change in the office a little bit, you still have a very direct line of communication with the patient where you know what's being said each and every email that goes out, which is so, so important. It is. And I, you know, I wanted to ask a question. Do you, do you find like a lot of chiropractors get bogged down too with some of the analytics of email and personal experience? I started emailing my patients in 2014. I opened my practice in 2010. And so I was a little bit slow to it as well. And I started doing it. And I remember looking as like, when I first, when I first started emailing, it was getting really good open rates. And then it starts, you know, it dwindles down and things like that. And you get, or I would look at the list of people who unsubscribe. It's like, shit, I can't believe Bob unsubscribed. Like, <laughs> I thought Bob liked me. And it, it had nothing to do with Bob not liking me, right? <laughs> yeah. But do you find that sometimes as a roadblock for people? Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, I think sometimes that, you know, it's it's easy to look at things and say, is that being effective? Is that not? And you know, you see something, yeah, you see a friend unsubscribe and it's like, oh my it's hard. It's difficult <laughs> not to take it personally. Or you're like, I have a hundred emails. That means like I have a hundred email addresses, I pop them all in. Yeah. Wait, 20 people opened and five people clicked, but it's like yeah. that's okay. Like email is a you know, you want you want to, as the doc sending it, have high quality. Yeah. But your send should be high quantity mm-hmm. because that's the way it goes. And we all, again, think about yourself. You probably cruise through, you know, if you're, as, as a listener and, and, and you, Kevin, and myself as well. There's plenty of like channels, people, things that I love. And like, you know, like I'll, I'll delete if I see the headline. It's just like not something I'm interested in that day. It doesn't mean I didn't like the brand or I don't want to have the information. But like then they send something to me a couple days later or a week later. I'm like, oh, cool. Like right on. So it's really about a foundation. It's building brand. And that's the difference between emailing as brand building and emailing as sales. You might be able to spring in a little bit of a special event, so to speak, every once in a while. Like a, I don't know, if you sell physical goods, you might be able to sprinkle in a little bit of sales in there every once in a while. But the bottom line is you should be thinking about your email as brand building. That is where you are able to really stretch your legs as a brand. And over time, as we get into the drip sequence or the weekly email forever, that's where you're able to really show expertise, show things that you do that impact the lives of people in your community. And there's just infinitely blue ocean as far as that's concerned. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for me, as far as like numbers, uh, you know, what the way I look at it is, uh, I looked recently, 
I think over a little over 6,000 emails have gone into my MailChimp for my practice. Uh, cool. We've been open since 2010. And then between two things, between unsubscribes and, and then I also did a, I, I do occasional kind of cleansing of my list. And for the audience out there, I know you know this, but you know, you can go in and what I did was like all the people that haven't opened up an email in the last 50, I was like, you know what? I want to get a little bit more accurate. So I, I didn't like completely delete them, but when I sent out the emails, it doesn't go to anybody that hasn't opened up the last 50. Mm-hmm. So I get a little bit better reading of what my actual open rate is, especially now with, you know, Gmail and all that, where a lot of these are just going right into promotional folders and such. We're down to probably, I think we're at like 3,300 emails now as far as my practice. So we've obviously sloughed off quite a bit, but when I send out an email now, I get at least 600 to 800 people, depending on the email, that actually open it. And that's free. Like, our, okay, MailChimp costs me 50 bucks now a month because of the numbers I have. So it costs me 50. For some of these uh, practices with smaller lists, it's free. And so for 50 bucks, I got 600, 650, 700 people opening up an email. That's a lot freaking cheaper than running any other type of uh, paid ads. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it can, the goal is too, to be able to stay top of mind. So if we look at statistically that, and we'll use the, the bottom of the pyramid, the easiest stuff, we can do a lot more than this, believe me, yeah. but back pain, 90% of people have back pain at some point in their life, point prevalence is 30%. For every 100 people that you have on your list, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, if they're an alive human being, 30 of them have back pain right now. Yeah. So you start to do this, and this is where what we've seen, and we've been, you know, I've, I've sent millions of emails personally. There's probably, Jim, you're listening, you've unsubscribed to me. <laughs> there's plenty of people that, you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, there's probably people listening that have unsubscribed to emails. But what, what we've seen is that with uh, some of the docs that we've worked with, We've seen lists as little, it's like results may vary and all this kind of stuff, right? But yeah. we've seen lists as little as 400, you know, be able to stimulate a couple reactivations on a single send. Yeah. Now, then you get into like, obviously it's like, you know, our goal is to write great copy, you know, write good yeah. emails, have good headlines, have a little call to action that's not scammy, but that's empowering to the patient. Mm-hmm. Then you get into like the technical aspects of really getting what I'll call real results. But the bottom line is you should be touching those people because they are the gold mine. They are in the best way, not in like a uh, I'm a hardcore business, but meaning they love you. They know, trust, and like you. You probably, if I ask any chiropractor, everybody I talk to, do you, do you get 90% success in your clinic? Everybody says yes, which is the best thing. Like if you give somebody a pill, it's like 50-50. Yep. We have like this unbelievably awesome service. People that come in to see us, there's high patient satisfaction. And we have to, by nature, typically most of us, direct market to the consumer yet we don't use email. It's like, what? There is something missing from this equation. It is. And so let's dive into the email drip. Uh, What what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah. So what we've seen through, you know, from the tech and entrepreneurial industry, mixing it with the healthcare industry is that touching people one time a week seems to be a good cadence Mm -hmm. where you're not killing them. You're not overwhelming them, but somebody goes onto your email list. They might get more than that when they onboard, right? So we have about six emails, let's say in 15 days, because you're mm-hmm. touching them a lot. You're going to be seeing them the most frequently. Yep. But, a- but after that, everybody, including that inactive patients, go to one time a week forever, unless they unsubscribe or whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. what that email is, is what we call research that matters, which all that means is like, give them something that's of interest to them yeah. one time per week. Hey, you know, here's in- and make sure you frame it in a way that has a nice headline, 
that you have a little bit of an explanation uh -huh. and then there's a call to action. So if it is, I'll give you an example. I use this example a lot, but it's an easy one. Is your arm pain coming from your neck? Pretty good subject line, you know? And so anybody that has that symptom is going to open it up. And then you just dive in. Hey, you know, just simple in the email. Don't overcomplicate it. Is your arm pain covered from your neck? A lot of people don't realize, you know, the discs and nerves in their neck. You know, when you have a disc bulge or herniation or compression, it can cause pain down your arm. Mm -hmm. if you or someone you know, you know, has been challenged with this, don't hesitate to give us a call today. Super, super simple. And that is stimulating. It's interesting. And that was a very simplistic version. Yeah. And then the, I'll give one more advanced tip. The beautiful part about it is if you tease it in the email, so in other words, you made it as simple as I just said, but you say, do you want to you know, click here for the video of three stretches you can do or click here for our handout yeah. that gives you three stretches you can do. You know, now you start to get people that are what we call segmented, right? They're really raising their hand. Yeah. They, you know they have that problem if they've clicked through and you can drive traffic back to your website or your YouTube channel. We could get into the weeds on this like crazy, oh, yeah. but the bottom line is, email information that matters or provides benefit to the people in your community weekly, but make sure that you do have something in there that's a call to action. It doesn't need to be sale. It doesn't mean need to be come in today or you'll die tomorrow. You know, that's obnoxious. Just if you or someone you know is challenged with this, or if you'd like to learn more or visit our upcoming class, click here and let us know or give us a call. And most phones, right? You click the, the button that has the uh, telephone number and it'll call right there. Super easy. Yeah, our our bottom of our emails have, uh, we have the online scheduler as well. So they could click the button and schedule online or they could, like you said, on their phone, most of these people are reading it on their phone, yeah. click the phone number, call. And I've had many patients tell me, it's like, yeah, I just, you know, I, when I need a schedule, I just find the last email you sent me and I, and awesome. I do that. So, uh, and then the other thing too, I think people don't put enough credence into, and it's definitely not perfect, but even if they don't open up your email, it doesn't mean they're not seeing the headline and it doesn't mean they're not, you're not getting that top of mind awareness. They're seeing it from you and maybe they don't click on it because maybe the headline didn't really, you know, intrigue them or whatever, but they still know you exist. <laughs> yep. And you can almost think about this in terms of, of your Facebook page, right? You know, many people put out a Facebook post and they have a couple hundred people following their practice page, maybe a couple thousand and like two people engage. And it's like, Oh, shot to the heart. You know, there's an aspect of that that might be the content. Don't get me wrong. But there's yeah. also, there is benefit even if somebody doesn't click like, share, or comment that you are staying again in front mm -hmm. of them, top of mind. And I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kevin. The yeah. same thing holds true. If they're seeing your brand in a way that's professional, in a way that's nice and clean, in a way that's systematic, it shows what type of doc you are. And that, yeah. you know, and that's, and that goes a heck of a long way, even if they're not engaging with every single thing and loving every single thing that you can see, it doesn't mean it's not having impact. Absolutely. And I want to go into the next, the third part. And I, I actually just pulled out a book because I've used this uh, analogy quite a bit and I want to actually give her credit for it. I've always mentioned like, you know, there's this book and this woman mentioned it, <laughs> but it's Kim, it's Kim Walsh Phillips. She co-wrote a book with Dan Kennedy on direct response, social media marketing. And, and the analogy she gives is she wants your content to be 85% PBS and 15% QVC. And so it's definitely okay to sell. It's okay to have uh, that call to action. And so 
that third type of email you mentioned was more of kind of like a promotion or sale and stuff like that. And that kind of falls into that. It's like, it's okay to do that. You don't want every one of your emails to be that, but it's okay to do it. So let's touch on that final uh, aspect uh, of, of email marketing. Yeah, it's almost what uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk would say, you know, jab, 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 right hook, same yep. concept, right? 75, 25, 85, you know, whatever the percentages are, you want to give more, you want to give more than you take or ask for, so to speak. And if you're on the plus side of that, you're probably doing pretty good. And if you're three quarters or more towards that, you're doing real good. And the more value that you get out there and give, the better off it will be. But don't, don't make it a hundred zero. Right? You know, it's like you don't. You know, you you can't give in perpetuity without every once in a while asking if somebody wants to raise their hand. Give yep. them the opportunity to raise their hand. Mm-hmm. You could do that through a few different ways. We look at it through the uh, through the lens of events online and off. So if you're hosting an online workshop or webinar, however you want to describe that, or if you're doing something live in the community, workshop, webinar, race event, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. being able to promote that, uh, we recommend a real simple sequence. Out two weeks before, you know, let people know. A couple days before, let people know. Day of, let people know. And then if there's a replay, if it's like filmed, let them know afterward. So three or four emails. You're not like crushing people with like 85 emails. Yep. Three or four emails will boost attendance at those things like crazy. But then the, the subset, it's, it's like, you know, or maybe it's a slightly different email, but I think it's the same, uh, same vein is, yeah, if you sell products, don't hesitate to every once in a while, let people know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Hey, we're running, you know, everything shouldn't be a sales email. But the other thing I think docs get confused about is you don't need to discount your services, but you might want to discount a product. Mm-hmm. You might be able to say, Hey, it's 15% off our, the, you know, the pillows that we have. It's 15% off, you know, the tape. So you can utilize that, you know, but don't hesitate to reach out every once in a while and let people know, Hey, you know, we're, you know, we're running a promotion because of XYZ. Hey, we're going to be, or, or a combo, right? Best. Hey, we're going to be at insert name 5k here in two weeks. We can't wait to have a booth. Stay tuned next week where we announce what we're up to there. That's your two week before email, right? Then a couple days before we can't wait to be at insert name 5k. We are super proud to be doing taping demonstrations and we're going to be have 15% off tape. Basically the same email morning of, we're going to be there, show up, and then you get your free, you know, widget majiji, you know, <laughs> and then the replay might be, if, you know, we had such a great event, here's two, here's two pictures from what we did, and if you didn't get a chance to pick up your tape, you can go to our online store now for the next 24 hours, we're extending it another day or two, and pick up your tape. I use tape as an example, but you could use almost anything with that, and that's like being helpful, being engaging, it's not fire sailing, it's not Grouponing, it's just being a nice, supportive, passionate, and profitable business. <laughs> no, it is. Exactly. A couple of examples that we do in our practice is we do a quarterly sports recovery experience on a Saturday. Big event. We usually get 50 people signed up. Usually 30 show up and it goes really well. And so we'll definitely promote that through email. And that's usually our best promotional uh, option. So that's been good. Uh, and then back in December, I think it was, we implemented uh, orthotics through Dr. Wiedemeyer's uh, program, David Wiedemeyer yeah. Solutions is that. And we just sent out an email and I think we got four people that had scheduled for orthotics and you know, those aren't cheap. And so one email produced a fair amount of money from that. And so those are a couple examples of promotional emails that we did that have been super helpful. And no one, no one gets upset because the vast majority of our emails are, are really good of, of, you know, effective and educational content. Yeah. 
that's that's the thing. It's like sometimes I feel like, you know, as you know, quote unquote the brand, the evidence-based chiropractor, it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, docs that might let's say resonate with those words swing so far to the under end of the spectrum. It's like they, they can't talk about sales. They can't talk about anything to do with business, yet that's the greatest challenge that they have. And it's like, you know, it doesn't meet, the pendulum doesn't swing zero or 100. There's a lot of gray in between in life and in practice and in business. And just because you sell something doesn't mean you're scammy. Yep. Just because you email doesn't mean you're pitching. And just because you're a chiropractor doesn't mean you're a lunatic, right? <laughs> you know, these no, things are all truths. So, you know, don't hesitate. You're a great doc in your practice. You know, chiropractors on the whole are some of the safest, most effective. We, know, we all know what we can do within our, within our four walls. But you should not stop in those four walls or else you're going to have a real hard time building throughout time. Yeah, you know, it's like you said, the pendulum swinging. I think a lot of times, especially in the evidence base evidence to form crowd of chiropractors is we try to avoid being that other, you know, like where it's, you know, 10 month long treatment plans and all these crazy things that the profession has done currently or in the past. And so we end up on the other end of the, end of the spectrum to our own disservice and they don't want to sell anything because they, oh, like, I don't want to close a patient, which I don't either, but you can compel them, right? And then you can you definitely got to do some selling. You got to sell yourself. You, you know, I always ask chiropractors, like, do you believe in what you're offering? You know, do you think this benefits people in your community? And they're always like, yes, of course, of course, of course. I was like, well, then why wouldn't you want more people to utilize what you offer? You know, and they like, oh, that makes sense. And so <laughs> it's not a, it's not about being a car salesman or closing people or anything like that. But there's got to be some some selling to what you do because ultimately they're going to benefit from that. People want to buy things. And if they're not going to come to you and you're not going to sell them on your service, they're going to get it from somewhere else. And most likely it won't be as high quality as what you're offering. Yeah. I'd say two things to that. Well, first is you can't help anybody if you're closed. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. That's not an excuse though, to do unethical things. The secondary portion of that is People spend billions of dollars per year on a whole bunch of health crap that doesn't work. Nope. You should be doing everything you can to showcase what does. Yep. And if you're not, that's on you. And you're actually uh, helping them avoid being ripped off from other aspects, right? Yes. <laughs> All right, Absolutely. cool. Cool. I really appreciate it. That was a, a great breakdown of, of email. And so it, just you know, quickly explain what you guys are doing to help chiropractors with email and how they can find some of that information. Yeah, so there, there's kind of two versions of that. One is we have Cairo emails, C-H-I-R-O emails.com. So Cairo emails is, we basically build all the automations. All the doc has to do is upload their email list and we build out all of the emails, all of the automations, all the content, everything's already there. So it's really completely done for a doc. So, and it's an email product. We kind of built it on some of the architecture of the biggest email systems in the world. Mm -hmm. And then we built it specifically for chiropractors and probably no surprise to you. We have the three, of course, automations that we talked about built in, right? So we do onboarding, we do uh, long-term drip and nurture one time a week, and then we have event sequences that the doc can turn on and off. If the doc's already onboarding through a software program, they can turn that off and just use our long-term drip and still get a supreme amount of benefit from it. Or if the doc, the splintered version of this would be that if the doc loves that, but also needs help on the social media side, that's where we have the smart chiropractor that includes Cairo emails, but also has social media graphics, blog posts, videos, and all of that as well. So we have both because we know some docs, you know, just need help with the email. 
cool. Yeah. Check out Cairo email, see if it suits you. Or if you need help with a little bit more than that online presence wise, then smart chiropractor has Cairo emails built into it and they work synergistically. So, um, so I'd welcome anybody that's, you know, looking to looking to kind of build and grow. I mean, if you're listening to this and you know who I am with the evidence based chiropractor, you kind of know the gist of where it's going. We love, we always talk in the vein of research that matters. I brought that up earlier. We take a look at what's out there, what people are searching for in your community, keywords, hot topics. We build our calendar around that, and then we find the research out there. Uh, if there is any, you know, we obviously make sure we are right in line with what is available and not stretching it to say, hey, here's what's out there, research that matters to you, your patients, your community, and that's the kind of how we go about it. Perfect. Yeah, we at the CSA retreat in Portland, I my presentation was on optimization, automation, and, and outsourcing. And I'm trying to get docs to understand is that, you know, the way I look at it is everybody's at a different place, you know, and, but the first thing you want to do is like, okay, with your marketing or your business systems, can you automate it? And if it can be completely automated, great. You want to automate it. If it can't, can you afford to outsource it? Right. Which is awesome. And if you can, please outsource it. And that's what you're talking about right now. If you can't afford to outsource it, you're going to have to really optimize it as much as you can. So like, for instance, we're talking about email. You got to make sure you have templates in there, make it easy, do all that. But as soon as you can get the crap outsourced, pay the, write the check, do it because we really want you focusing on your unique abilities early on. Maybe you have more time than money and I get that. But if you can afford it, write the check, outsource it, get the marketing done for you, get all those roadblocks out of there. And what you're talking about helps do that. Hey, Kevin, let me ask you this. Do you have, um, do you have the ability in the show notes to, to link? I can, I'm happy to offer the people listening. I wrote an onboarding sequence that they could copy and paste and utilize to get started. Do you, do you want me to, I can shoot you a link and we can put that in the show notes. Yeah, we can definitely do that. We've got, uh, I've improved our show notes. Um, I've brought on the podcast factory to, to do my podcast production, all the different stuff. And that's definitely one of the things that's come with it was much more robust show notes. Sweet. So yeah, if you're, if you're listening and you'd like to you know, pick up an onboarding sequence, uh, I'm happy to share it with you. Normally I sell it for 20 bucks, but I'll, I'll, I'll share it with anybody. So catch it in the show notes or uh, email Kevin or myself and uh, just let me know that you heard about it here on the show and uh, I'll send it over to you and you can, you can take a look, get started, see if it's something you can do yourself. If not, obviously we'd love to help you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I really appreciate your time as well. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll make sure all that stuff's in the show notes and I know you and I will be talking soon. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Stay up to date with our blog where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is thepodcastfactory.com.